blow in her face and she'll follow you anywhere. You are destroying the Constitution of the United States. May God have mercy on your souls. Good day. Yes. We could be saved if we just elected the right white man to power. That's creepy, but that's in a different category of creepy. Zitzu, zitzu, zitzu. Gary Geigers. Of course he introduced zoning laws. Okay. You know what? Don't. Yeah. The less I have to do with that game, the better. Here's my favorite part of the defense. Clodius was probably fucking his sister. Jughead, not Jarhead. I have nothing against Marines. I want to make okay. that very clear. I'd be really interested to find out what fucking truth that woman was trying to get at. And like with most episodes, I can bring it back to wrestling. Oh. Right, well, he's got other people who work for him who also do things, and, and they can okay. mutate okay. Uh, okay. human size into smaller worlds, after all. Fuck you. I still don't give a shit about getting fake property in a fantasy game. professional note um, I just had my first uh, uh, observation of the year and my first post observation conversation with my principal and uh, that went very well um, he was number one impressed with what I was what I was <laughs> the ambition of what I was trying to do with a group of sixth graders uh, which can be a double-edged sword uh, your ambition is great, but your execution was for shit. Is always a distinct possibility. Uh, but this this one turned out, thankfully, this turned out pretty well. Um, and we got into a conversation where um, part of part of the way the conversation went was: so uh, would you be would you be interested in coring your your classes? Which, for those not in the education biz. Uh, that is uh, one of the terms that's used when an English teacher who, or, or a history teacher who also teaches English um, has combined classes. So all the kids who are in your history classes are in your English class mm -hmm. uh, and vice versa. And it essentially means that you can do multidisciplinary stuff. And it was one of those occasions in my professional life where... Um, the urge to jump on something with too much and with unseemly enthusiasm was was a problem because oh my god that would make my life so much goddamn more simple hmm. um and and i think i managed to play it off pretty well like oh yeah yeah i would i would love to do that that would be amazing that'd be great and uh, the conversation then turned to well you know in april let's talk about uh you know what we might do for scheduling next year and so that is very good news 
um, because if they're not going to keep me for next year, February is their deadline for telling me that. <laughs> so he's already talking about April. So I feel pretty good uh, about that situation right now. So that's that's my current event. Who are you and what do you have going on in your life, sir? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin and U.S. history teacher at the high school level up here in Northern California. Uh there's actually it's it's a three-parter so first all of the all of the districts in the surrounding area yeah uh, from us uh where where we had an eight-day strike last year uh which netted us a four and a half percent raise yeah um everyone around us got anywhere from 10 to 18 percent which holy who the hell got 18? One of the ones a little uh, further north of me. Um, wow. Which is good. Which is very good. Yeah. They, they, yeah their I mean, their district you know. came to them as their opener and said, yeah. we'll give you 10 this year, five next year, and three the following. And that's the opener. So it might end up being. Wow. There. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Damn. Because essentially by going on strike, we gave everybody a free strike vote. Uh, for folks much. in the biz, a strike vote is where you pull your membership and you say, hey, y'all want to go on strike? And if you have a significant chunk of people who say yes, indeed, um, then that kind of is like a just so you know, we could do this. We don't want to do this, but we could. Yeah, we when have you, this in our back pocket. It, it moves negotiations along. It is yeah. the coffee to the morning poop um, of negotiations. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that's that's a that's a, an appropriate analogy. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So what I love about that is that everyone else got richer from our efforts. Um. Yeah. I actually genuinely like that. Um, yes. That does not bother me in the slightest. Uh, okay. Even though we ended up with less than half of what most got, I still yeah, think well, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. No, the, you're a dedicated union thug. Like, yes. Yeah. The more practical aspect of that, though, is. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's salary <laughs> went up relative to ours, which means they can't say, look, you're one of the top paid. No, we're not. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, plenty of teachers I know could easily jump ship now. Um, actually, uh huh. So <laughs> that's that's number one. Number two, um, our school board, uh, there were three seats that were up for um election. Two were mm-hmm. incumbents and one was stepping down. Um, all three of the ones that are union endorsed were the ones that made it. Um, so now the school board has a majority of the people who are on it have been union endorsed. So I'm looking for good things from them. I'm hopeful. Uh, so Fingers that's crossed, true. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, that is good and, news. And then number three, uh, <laughs> at the site level, I got a survey or a form to fill out. Uh, by one of my vice principals who said, um, so we're looking for people to teach electives. And and uh, what would you be willing to teach? Was this a paper survey or a digital one? A d- digital one. So I was there a way out. for Yeah. <laughs> was there a way for you to submit a, a gif of a middle finger being raised over and over again? No, I just filled because it out in the, the part audacity. where you can say other. I said, I have absolutely no interest in doing for you the thing that you took away from me. Um, I didn't quite say it that way, but like, essentially, I do not have the energy to start up a program that you have already killed. I have no interest in in starting up a program that you've already killed and trying to rebuild a program over the corpse of the thing that you already killed. 
please okay. find someone else. Uh, so the uh, the the lack of self awareness uh, is always just so. There's the lack. There's the lack of self awareness, and then there's just the sheer audacity. Yeah. The like, really, motherfucker, you're gonna yeah. come here, right? You after, you done after... you done killed the thing that I spent over a decade building, and then you come back to me saying. Hey, you know, we'd really like to to have the benefit of the thing that we just killed. It's like, yeah, you should have. Anyway, you should have. You should have. Yeah, you should have thought of that before you committed murder. Like, or yeah. you killed it, you might have. Yeah, thought further ahead. So, anyway, wow. that's that's the uh, that's that's the place yeah. where I inhabit. We really could. We really could use a couple of golden eggs right now. Right. <laughs> like. Yeah. Motherfucker, you had goose for dinner Man. last night. Like it, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, asshole. No. Yeah. That bird is literally cooked. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, just just the the aspect of like, you know, I could just hear them going, Man, if only there were a class that would enrich kids' vocabulary in their English classes and increase their understanding of rhetoric. Yep. If yeah. only. And I'm over there like the Mitsubishi dog from the radio commercials in the early 2000s. <laughs> if only. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe if they ask me again in 30 more trine, I will uh, come oh, up with something. Oh, nice. Nice lead in. You there. like? You nice like? Lead in, yeah. So. So, so left, would you would you say that vice principal is uh, more akin to uh, the scientist yes. or the collector? Nope, the scientist. Okay, the scientist. Yeah. Okay. Um, doing his job, doing yeah. his job as he is directed to do. I, I do not hold it against any person, and it's not even this administration that killed the program. It is. It is a an institutional problem. That's true. So I do not hold any of yeah. these people um, culpable. Uh, but as I have in the past, I, I may well again in the future say, it is not your fault personally, but you are currently the one sitting in that seat. And I need to yell at go. that office. So go. I'm going to close the door and yell at you now. So, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so anyway. back to the Dark Crystal. Um, yeah. Hopeful despite it having no hope uh speaking of which um so as we open oh good you're drinking i brought a beer because i know i'm gonna need one yes um which is labeled dragon's milk yes do you make your own or did you go out and find no no this is this is from the new holland brewing company it is a bourbon barrel aged stout okay that is 11 percent alcohol uh, anybody who like drinks beer in our audience uh, listened to all of that and went, oh, fuck, you're going to get tilted. Yes, I am. He's going to need yes. to. I'm um, going to need to. Um, so, yeah, uh, just it's highly dragons, recommended. Dragon's milk implies yeah. the existence of dragon nipples. That is true. That is true. I the have not had nipples. enough of it to drink yet to uh-huh. really go into thinking about that very much. Well, I don't need to drink to think about these things. So let's let's yeah, break this down. So if a dragon has nipples, uh <laughs> these is are it... the thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools. <laughs> uh 
If a dragon has nipples, is it anthropomorphized nipples or just about any other creature's nipples where there's like a nipple line? Are there like six to eight teeth or is it just two breasts? Oh, well, you know, I'm trying to think of what what analog, because, you know, we normally think of dragons as being effectively largely reptilian. Mm hmm. Which, Which then I'm means already, okay. So what's yeah. what's the closest thing? What's the closest like? How can we how can we consider an analog that we might think of? Um, Turkeys, they have breasts. Yeah, granted, but that's just that's we but we call it that as an as an analogy. But it's all it yeah. is is it's it's an it's an overdeveloped uh, wing muscle. True. Basically, it's primary primary flight muscle, same as in chickens or really any other bird. So I mean. Obviously, they I mean, they would they would have significant pectoral muscles because of you know sure. wing biology. But this is dragon milk. But this so, is dragon milk, so we're we're which looking at there would me have to, wonder, to be some kind of lactation, right? Which leads me to wonder about the Yuan Ti. Like they are shown with breasts. See, yeah, but they're snake people, and right. and the my take my take on that as somebody who you know has oh, done I a got little it. bit of world building, Gorgons. Yeah. They're gorgons, because gorgons, uh, while they have snake bodies, okay. they also have teats. And yeah, okay. gorgons are famous for uh, their their um, cheese. Um, they work gorgonzola closely. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they work closely with the cyclopses. Um, so, okay, well, because this polyphemus was making cheese. Oh, right. okay, yeah, he just all right, snuck in all on right. him. Okay. Um, but also, if you think about Arnim Zola, he's got an eye at the top, and he's a cyclops in in many ways. Um, okay, Gorgon All right, Zola. Kind of so go with that. Go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as we open the second episode, we're getting off the subject. <laughs> I'm so glad we did our intros quick, uh, yeah. so that I could distract <laughs> so us. So with we can do that. Dragon yeah. tit talk. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> As we open the second episode, we're introduced to my favorite character in the whole series, Hup. Hup. Uh, right. Hup is a podling who wants to be a paladin. Um, which is I love this little guy already. Right? It's apparently something only Gelfling can do. And he ends up armed with a spoon for most of the series as a result. Okay, so question. Mm -hmm. Is this a tablespoon or a kitchen spoon do we know i can't tell because it's a wooden spoon set okay. in a pre-industrial era and he is smaller than a gelfling so it could be that their tablespoons look like kitchen spoons to him okay so it's a slightly longer spoon than one would need to eat cereal okay when okay so that leads one to believe probably Closer to a tablespoon because a, a stirring spoon would would need an even longer handle right, than that. Right. So now, when when he uses this, does he use it as a one-handed or a two-handed weapon? Uh, usually one-handed, but okay. there have been times okay. where he had to use it two-handed. He had to had to double up on it. Okay. Yep. Is it primarily a a chopping weapon, or does he ever jab with it, like thrusting, both. stabbing? Both. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, because. You you made the mistake of pointing out this particular detail to a sword nerd. Mm -hmm. 
And so the first thing I'm thinking of, okay, well, so does he use it like an axe or is it like a sword? Or no, like, it's is much it more long like enough to be like a spear. Okay, yeah. all right. It's Thank a sword you. that you you can you can thrust with. Okay, well. all right. Niche interest satisfied. Carry yeah. on. Now he's a simple podling capable of deep and tender loyalty, cracker barrel common sense, and very little other sense to be honest. Um, and then, and and he like rescues deet from a fight essentially in in a little bit but like we see him like waking up this is the day i'm going to go down there and apply to be a a, a paladin type okay and then it cuts to agra who finally fucking wakes up um she's been asleep for hundreds of trine apparently um and she doesn't realize right away uh, by the way she coughs up dust um <laughs> Yeah, she's been out for a while, man. Yeah, Maybe I need to go to a pulmonologist and get that looked at. Right. Like... Now, she doesn't realize right away, but the podling who's attending to her is an old man, and he is the grandchild of the one who attended to her. And the one who attended to her when she was last awake was a young boy. So that young boy grew up, wow, bred, lived to old age. His kid grew up, bred, lived to old age. That kid grew up and is an old man now. Wow. So okay. when she went astral projecting, it was three generations ago, at least. Uh, she immediately knows that something bad has happened to Thra, and she seeks to figure it out. So she's catching up. Um, meanwhile, there's some fan service uh, that, that they do, and they roll exposition all into one. Deet is wandering through the world for the first time. And like I said, as a Groton, she has gauze over her eyes because she's so used to the caves and low light conditions there. Mm -hmm. So your middle-class environmentalist is actually out and about in the environment for the first time and literally has to guard her eyes because she's seen things all one way for her whole life. Um, she runs into a few fizz gigs, which pay off the longtime fans uh, yeah. because it turns out it's not just one creature. It is an entire race and they're actually called fizz gigs. Well, it's an entire species and they're called yeah. fizz gigs. And then she takes a nap right there in the forest because why wouldn't she? She's connected to all life. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I have I have so many acquaintances in college who who if they saw this as a self-depiction would probably not be flattered. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, carry on. So uh, you remember Chamberlain concocted a story about rion to uh about you know he's he's ill he's sick yeah in addition to that he also said that rion killed mira mm. uh, which okay. works better yeah. than the general's plan of going and slaughtering gelfling to keep the secret of the essence safe because that's that's the general's plan chamberlain says that the gelfling will actually believe skexis over gelfling and that they spread the story faster um, this way, uh, because they'll also continue to spread the story of the dream fasting with Rion, uh, and and saying that if you dream fast with him, his madness will catch up to you. Okay. Um. So the ruling class is telling the <clears throat> martial class exactly what to believe and make sure to disenfranchise anyone who run against the dominant narrative. Also, mm -hmm. in a way, mm -hmm. from a certain point of view. Um, if he dream fasts with anybody, mm -hmm. they will know the truth. Right. And they are casting the truth as madness. Yes. It's, it's, it, 
so it's, it's ultimate gaslighting. It's 1984 yeah. gaslighting. Yeah. And yeah. well, yeah, essentially. Yes, yeah. it is. It is double speak. Mm-hmm. New speak. Sorry. New speak. Yeah. Yeah. So the ruling class is telling them exactly what to believe. The, the Gelfling guards immediately start factioning off those who are willing to question orders and those who see loyalty as the highest good. And Rion does manage to dream fast with Gurgen, as I'd mentioned above, uh, before running off fully. So Rion manages to snag the last of Mira's essence on his way out, and he's going to take it as proof to his own Madra, whose name is Madra Fan Farm? Madra Fawn. Okay. Um, and as he's absconding, he gazes at the crystal one last time, and he realizes that it's cracked and corrupted by the Skeksis. Mm. Meanwhile, Deet is trying to get to the capital of, of Harar, and uh, she's definitely lost um, without Hup, who is himself fairly hopeless. Uh, but frankly, their story is fun and sweet. Uh, like He basically protects her from a brawl, and she takes him along and finds out he wants to be a, a paladin. But because he is the servant class, or he's the service industry, um, nobody in Harar is going to pay attention to him or legitimize him. Mm. So the Skeksis are all plotting and they're gossiping amongst themselves. Specifically, they're trying to get Chamberlain punished. Uh, but then he turns the blame onto the for, for losing Rion. Um, mm, okay. But he turns the blame onto the scientist and shows that he was injured trying to save all of them because he actually gets like slashed or stabbed. Um, and once he turns everyone onto the scientist, the Skeksis fall all over themselves to find the cruelest punishment possible uh, for the Skeksis who failed them by letting the Gelfling take off with the essence. Um, but before it turns into a fight, Rian's father um, his, and also the captain of the guard named Ordon interrupts and begs for mercy for his son. At this point, he has only heard that his son is, is you know, the bad guy. And he says, oh, he is yeah. my son. Please let me bring him in. Please let me, you know, I, I beg your mercy. Um, they tell him their propaganda lies uh, and and it lines up with Chamberlain's advice. And they send Orden to hunt down his son so that they can heal him. Because they, they even said, uh, Chamberlain even says, like, we can heal him. We can help him if you bring him back to us. Wow. All right. Yeah. After he leaves uh, loyally, Chamberlain immediately turns to Skeksis and points out that when Rian returns with his father, they're going to have two Gelflings to drain and drink. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now that episode ends with the Skeksis putting the scientist in a head cage, uh, which uh, so that something called a peeper beetle can eat his fucking eye. Um, after all, like that's, the 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 currency for the Skeksis, the cruelty yeah. is the point under this yes. emperor. So then you move on to episode three. Rian finds the Skeksis have done an excellent job of turning all Gelfling against him. Uh, Bria has been punished by basically being sent to the Gelfling Peace Corps, which is called the Order of Lesser Service. Um, so remember, Bria is the uh, aristocratic twit. Um, yeah. So because she yelled at her mom. So. So yeah. she's being punished for ah uh, okay yeah wow and and that got her well sent that off to the that got her like on her mom's bad side then she goes and talks to the soothsayer 
um who oh, are part okay. of uh the the traveling group remember um and uh she talks to them and she notices that the soothsayer is trying to give her a forgetting potion and she switches it when he's not looking and she gets him to drink it and he essentially completely f- becomes forgetful like he doesn't even know who he is um oh, wow so part of it's because she snapped back at her mom. Part of it's because she even went to a soothsayer. And part of it is because she switched his forgetful poison back onto himself, exhibiting great cruelty. And she's like, but he was going to do it to me. And they're like, that is no excuse. Like the total tone policing, right? Um, Yeah. And and um, so the, the soothsayer is kind of sort of in on the gaslighting. Yeah. A member, a member of another. It's not just right upper class high elf twits. It's right. it's also the the roving clergy mercantile yeah class based yeah. on your characterization of them. I was gonna say almost an evangelist, like a televangelist. Mm, okay, all right. So wow, yeah, fuck. So part of this is also that the Almadra is still ultimately a mindless bureaucrat who doesn't want to be embarrassed so like that's centrist democrat um yeah so deet and hup show up to uh stonewood uh to talk to madra farah farah that's her name madra farah okay um but that clan is clannish as fuck um they they lock up hup after a huge brawl so she goes knocking on all the doors and everybody's just like i don't want to talk to you and and like Hup gets in yet another big ass fight, um, and they lock him up, and then they and Deet's like fine, but I still need to talk to the Madra Farah. And remember, Deet is uh, from the uh, the Groton. Everyone yeah. looks down on the Groton because they live in caves, and that's not just a pun. That's also a statement on their social uh, social hierarchy, economic status. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, they see Deet, so the the Stonewood Gelflings, and I think the town is called Stone in the Wood or something like that. It's really cute. Okay. Um, the Stonewood Gelflings uh, see her as too dirty and therefore not worthy of admitting to talk to the Madrafara. So you've got a lot of things just getting in the way and slowing things down. Okay. Um, Bria's older sister. You might remember Bria, the the aristocratic yeah. twit. Her older sister Celadon is showing signs of disagreement with her own mother, the Almadra, because Celadon is even more of a hardliner for the Skeksis, and she uh, cares a lot more about the rules, and she's very angry that her mother is having a little wiggle room there. Um, and eventually, through their discussion, we end up cutting back to Deet and Rion, both in Stonewood at the same time. And when everyone, including his dad, refuses to dream fast with him, Rion has to flee, and it's very swashbuckly, and Deet witnesses all of it. Um, and meanwhile, um, Hup is in, I think it's called a bandit hole, which is essentially their prison, and it's under the floor of where the Madra's, uh, like, court is. Okay. So Augur walks in on the Skeksis while they're bathing, and it's really fucking gross to see Skeksis bathing. It's almost like I'd rather see them naked than to see them like with submerged. Just, yeah, but not fully submerged. Their legs are sticking out, their torsos are sticking out, they're just submerging their waists. Um so <laughs> she walks in on them, and and the, the podlings are like attending to them and scrubbing off their calluses and shit. 
one of them is helping you know bust the pustules kind of thing so okay i i can't help but like you've now mentioned the pustules a couple of times Uh uh-huh that's like so baron harkonnen yes so intensely and and the vanity oh yeah combined with it is such a callback to baron harkonnen oh yeah yeah and and you said that she had a very very rounded kind of head Uh uh-huh yeah is is her body similarly yeah, but all Skeksis are kind of swollen that way. But she's more okay. blue than red. Like I remember him being very red because of the rash on his face. And the oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. Well, but she's blues I mean, and still, purples. But, yeah, but yeah. it's still a, an homage. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Okay, all right. So she Augur walks in on them. She tells them that Thra is unwell, and so is the crystal. And she demands to see the crystal. Um, and the emperor who walks in, he responds to her with some really fashy shit. He says, "Quote." We gave the poor creatures of Thra order, innovation, and purpose. And then, as a Skeksis will, he turns it back around on her, and he tells her that she's been traveling the galaxy on a lark while he's been doing the hard work of caring for all those he left behind on Thra, or that she left behind on Thra. And she hits it back with, I am Mother Agra, I am Thra. To which he responds, perhaps once, but no longer. We... He points to the Skeksis, Arthra. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I, the question occurs to me as mm-hmm. as Agra and the Emperor are having this back and forth. Yeah. Um, it it didn't really occur to me before when you've talked about dialogue with the Skeksis previously. Mm-hmm. But in the movie the Skeksis did not speak with very much of like, like they, they didn't speak fluidly. Correct. They had, they had, you know, uh, one or two word phrases mm-hmm. and it was, it was very clear that their, their communication was, was corrupted and degraded by their yes. selfishness and all that kind of, are they actually speaking in like complete fluent sentences in the series off and on? So okay, and and that is a feature of their of Chamberlain's speech, for instance. He leaves things out, but I think that's could be down to personality type too. Okay. Because if you remember, you know, uh, prophecy, please make peace, Gelfling, not harm us. Mm-hmm. He talks in that way, which is at once disarming and also obfuscating. Okay. Not everybody talks like that. He okay. he takes that affectation to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, honestly, this this whole scene feels, and this came before it happened, but this whole scene feels like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg getting replaced. Um, it, again, yeah. it came out well before she died, but uh, it's the whole like the rules say this, and then we are the rules. You know. Yeah. We're gonna, okay. We're gonna put you know Fashy Barbie in. <laughs> so. <laughs> She gets escorted out, and as she's getting escorted out, we hear the Gelfling guards betraying a ton of prejudice uh, and generations of stories of just delegitimizing her, like talking about her right behind her back, literally right behind her back, and about how useless she is and how she's a witch and, and all this kind of stuff. She has been gone for so long that like multiple generations have gone by who don't know who she is, and the Skeksis have been controlling the narrative. Um. And as she passes the crystal, she notices that it's cracked and corrupted, which hurts her heart, but she doesn't do anything yet. But then she looks at it, and it shows her the process by which they drain the essence 
from the Gelfling, Mira. And uh, the 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 crystal speaks to her, not out loud that we would understand, but like she's talking to it as though she's responding. Um, and it tells her that the imbalance that's uh, happening to Thra is caused by the Skeks' drinking essence. Because Gelfling don't return to Thra if they... Uh, if they're getting their essence drained. Mm. Normally when a Gelfling dies, they return to Thra and their essence gets consumed by Thra and it comes back out again. Right. Mm -hmm. So then uh, she figures out that she has to find the song of Thra and change the future before it's too late, which that part never really truly developed in this, in this season. Now maybe mm -hmm. it was going to in the second season. Um, it's clearly a uh, callback to Jen finding the uh, the the shard by using music. The shard, yeah. yeah. But also, it feels Tolkien esque, like the song of everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, the song of Arda. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Deet and Rion finally meet uh, after he's run away. He bounces into her. Um, he laments that everyone sees him as a monster, and and he says, "quote." They're all too scared to see the truth, even when it's right in front of them. So you have a coalition forming uh, mm -hmm. be between the environmentalist and the former, the the veteran uh, who's been discharged from their duties. Um, mm -hmm. in, meanwhile, Bria discovers a secret passage under the throne at the close of the episode. Um, now that last part feels a lot like the Mueller, the Mueller report. There's a lot of interesting information, but ultimately it's useful only to academics and to wonks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do love the thematic continuance throughout too. uh, the use of the song and the flying things, for instance, episode three ended up with Augra needing to find this, the song of Thra and episode four opens with Hup singing. Um, and I love Hup singing because he does it defiantly. Because uh, he's in what's called the rascal hole, not the bandit hole. Mm. And uh, the Gelfling and Stonewood uh, threw him in there and they tell him to shut up. And he just like they're they're cleaning up after Rand had escaped because he I mean, he swashbuckled the shit out of that place. So there's a, mm -hmm. a candelabra on the ground or. Oh, OK. Yeah. Literally yeah. swashbuckled the shit out of it. OK, yeah. cool. All right. Um, and so they're they're trying to clean it up and he's singing and they're like, would you shut up? And, you know, it's I forget what his song is or anything like that. But it's like, you know, imagine somebody in prison is singing like the theme song to Family Ties. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Would you shut up? And he's like, what would you do, baby? Without us? Would you shut up? <laughs> what would you do, baby? Without us? You know, it's like that. <laughs> so. <laughs> I totally see why he's your favorite character. Oh God, yeah. That's, oh God, yeah. That's amazing. Like, what else are you gonna do to me? Right. Like, what? Fuck yeah, you. What? Oh no. Like, yeah. Am I gonna be oh. in a rascal hole, like with a bunch of you know Gelfling who already fought me? Like, okay. So they're cleaning up, and Deet comes flying in, having painted herself blue to scare them off because they're still kind of you know a superstitious lot. The the Stonewood okay. Gelfling. Okay. Meanwhile, you go back to Bria. She's under the throne, right? She's found the secret compartment and she's yeah. trying to figure out. So there is a, a puzzle in front of her and it basically says to put the Gelfling clans in the proper order. Okay. And there's like, you know, stones all the way or like special signals or symbols, signets, sig the, the sigils, sigils. Heraldry. What you're looking for is sigils. Yes. Yeah. Sigils. Uh, for each Gelfling clan, and she's like, oh, I have to put them in the right order, and so she spends like the next fucking day or whatever trying to figure that out, 
because she's like, oh, well, obviously Vapra are at the top because we're the best. And then, did, you know, and she's like ordering them and it doesn't quite unlock the story or the uh, mm-hmm. the puzzle. She keeps getting stuck in this hierarchical thinking as an aristocratic academic. Yeah. And she finally figures out that no clan is greater than another. And she then puts the puzzle together, which is like when a good child of a liberal goes off to that safe college. Um, so then, you know, it's like they took one class and they're like, I'm a Marxist now. You know, it's that kind yeah, of well, yeah. I... So then you cut back to the Skeksis um, and and they're feasting. In the grossest possible way. Oh, by the because way, when Skeksis, she... everything they yeah. do is in the grossest possible gross. way. Like, yeah. come on. Excessive and gross yeah. and drippy. Yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, the drippy part just takes it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Um, she does, by the way, figure it out and she puts the puzzle together and the rocks turn into a sentient rock creature. Oh. Yeah. Named Lore, which is pretty cool. But more uh, on him. Okay. Later. All right. So anyway, you get to the Skeksis. They're feasting. It's gross as shit. And their podling servants are serving them the whole time. And the dinner conversation is about how essence is so much better than food. Um, It, it would be like if you're at an orgy and you're all talking about how this is better than jerking off. Like while you're orgying. You know, it's like it, it has that same kind of like. You're stating the obvious in a Smug, gross way. Self-congratulatory. Yeah. And also it's the yeah. the the exuberance of the new. And as though you're the fucking expert on it. It's like this is your first orgy, Tom. Just calm down. You know? <laughs> oh. Slow down. Don't yeah. You don't. Yeah. So yeah, we all know. That's why we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but so so then they begin to talk out loud about whether or not to kill all the Gelfling and drain them all at once or to do it over time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then the following two quotes slip out. First one, quote, moderation is for the weak. Okay. And the second one, quote, immortality is our right. Hey, do you remember when the health and human services secretary, Tom hey. Price, ran up a tab of more than five hundred thousand dollars for international travel on military planes? Yeah, I do. Or when yeah, do. The, the VA head, uh, David Shulkin, had taxpayers fund travel for his wife and his 10 day European vacation, which included sightseeing excursions and nice seats at Wimbledon. Mm hmm. I do. Or when Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke got caught up in a web of suspicious real estate deals and one got to the Justice Department for review and then publicly accused the incoming chairman of the House of Natural Resources Committee of being a drunk. Yeah, I do remember that. Do you remember the time when reporters broke the story that the EPA head Scott Pruitt had lied about giving substantial raises to his favored political appointees? While on that same day, President Trump was dealing with the news that the FBI agents had raided the office of his longtime lawyer, Michael Cohen. Yep. Yeah, it just kind of strikes me as grossly indulgent and and not yeah. just by the emperor of the Skeksis, but also all the others. Yeah. yeah. Um there is there is a deep-seated sense of entitlement. 
I mean, but there's, there's no other there's no other word for it. Shot they, through that they, entitlement, though. Like, hmm? shot through that entitlement, though. Yeah, feels like there are veins of we know that this is wrong, and we're doubling down on the entitlement to hide that from ourselves. Yeah. I, I get I get what you're saying. You know that, what I mean? That kind of that that internalized Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, no, you are I'm, deliberately I'm... disabling the, the 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 arrow on your compass. Yeah. You know? Because you don't want to listen to it. Right. You need to drown it out. Right. It's I think that. I think yes. Mm-hmm. Um I also think and I'm trying to figure out how to how to parse this. Verbally. I think it becomes kayfabe. It does. It does become. It does. It does become kayfabe. And I yeah. also think there is this. There is this um, idea. This uh, paradigm mm-hmm. might be a good word for it. That like, well, you know what? I've gotten to this position, and since I'm in this position. You know, the people who get in this position do this shit all the time. Like, I, I genuinely right. think that that the kleptocrat class mm-hmm. thinks that everybody's a kleptocrat. Like they there there is a to. there is a they level to, to which yeah. I, I yeah to to justify it to themselves, they they have to believe that everybody does it. But I think there is a level on which that belief is a legitimate belief that they're like, no, seriously, look, look at, look at anybody, look at all of them. They've all done this. It's, it's part of the dialogue. Anytime Trump, mm-hmm. especially like he's, he's the king shit of the whole thing. He always had yeah. that. Is that what but about moment, shit? Yeah. But, <laughs> but the moment any, like you show him the receipts for like, no, this is fucking criminal. His response isn't, well, no, I didn't do it. No, I'm framed. His response is, well, you know, Hillary did it. Right. Bill did it. You know, and if you look hard enough, Obama did it. Look at all this. You know, it's always. Right. Uh, you know, it's always whataboutism because in his own head, he legitimately believes that everybody has done it and it's unfair for him to be singled out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you don't understand how actually fucked up and aberrant you really are. See, I think, again, deep, deep down, he does. And I also think, mm. I also think, he deliberately goes out of his way not to self-reflect. And I don't just mean oh, definitely. Trump. I mean yeah, people of, of that ilk who act in that kind of bad faith. I yeah. think that is a true thing about them. Yeah, that it's a, it's a yeah. self-defense mechanism. And I think the Skeksis aren't to that level because they are they are created as being pure evil. Um, yeah, but they recognize the need for their bullshit. Um, yeah. and yet they're loosening that even because they're drunk on power, they're drunk on essence ultimately, and they're 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 addicted. Um, I also yeah. think, I also think, um, that the Skeksis differ. From them obviously not being human not being of human nature yeah uh but also so as to show that effectively it's the same thing anyway yeah okay i get What's what you're the saying point in yeah. parsing it if the result is the same it's the same shit yeah. yeah no you're right 
And just in case the emperor wasn't too obvious. <laughs> just, you know, just in case just we in need case. more evidence. Yeah. Yeah. When he realizes that his injured hand is still decaying, he uh he he takes his leave of the dinner and he visits the scientist who's still trying to fix the machine for essence extraction and he asks, quote, how many gelflings must we drain to cheat death for all eternity? The dude is inordinately scared of death. Yeah, well, anybody whose soul is gnawingly empty like that is going to be. Right. How can I you fill know, it? Who, how yeah. many do I have to kill to fill this? How, yeah. how many people on Fifth Avenue do I have to shoot? So that I can come again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and this this brings up a couple of things thinking about it. Um, the first one that occurs to me is this goes back to uh an idea that that I know I've brought up a bunch of times out of Tolkien, which is evil does not create anything. Right. Evil evil can't make anything new, evil doesn't have the capacity for a generation of anything because at at its core it is empty and gnawing and it knows it um and so there is there is fear there is deep seated fear underneath everything else um and and that that comes to mind as you know a a reaction to that Definitely. It also, it also, there's another thought. Mm. I was going to say it also consumes its agents. It doesn't empower. Yes. Them. Yes. Uh, and that's, that actually goes back to Dragonlance, uh, the law of evil, mm. evil consumes, evil consumes itself. There you go. See, uh, your first point that you brought up reminded me of a book and I was, I had my head turned, not because I mm, wasn't listening, mm-hmm. um, but because I was looking for the title, Dark Rendezvous, where Yoda goes and talks to Count Dooku is before episode. I think it's before episode two. It's certainly okay. before episode three. And he yeah. talks to him and they have this wonderful thing. And Duke is like, uh, the dark side gives you all this and this and this and this. And Yo's like, cool, I want a flower. And he's standing on Duku's desk. And Duku's like, I can buy you all the flowers. He's like, no, I want you to make me a flower. Use the dark side to make me a flower. Well, I can do all this. And Yoda starts stamping his foot. I said, I want a flower. You cannot make me a flower with the dark side. It is a cool little thing, but it reminds me exactly of the thing you said. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's an excellent illustration of the point. That's perfect. Um, and then there was something else that I was, that like I had in my head and about evil. Um, it was before talking about evil. Mm. Um, emperor had noticed that his hand was still rotting. Yeah. It's still, it recalled to you two different things. One was Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah, and the other. Shit. I don't, it's gone. Well, here's my hope was that okay. the other would remind you of Lee Iacocca. No, but I, I I think I know where you're going with that. So let's talk about it. How much fresh air do we really need? <laughs> yeah. Fucking boomers yeah. and their predecessors. I fucking swear to God. A. Yeah. When it comes to the environment, it's just how much can I extract from it before I fucking die? Yeah. Yeah. Or. Like when Trump said this, quote, 
we slashed more job-killing regulations than any administration had ever done before. He said this after he rescinded the, the clean power plan by executive order. Yep. Yeah. Well, he didn't actually do that. Like, he got sued to to stop him several times. But he did everything he could to rescind the clean yeah, power plan. But, but he, he signed the papers to try to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he got a lot rescinded, actually. So, like, for instance... Yeah made it so that we could put lead back in bullets, which served absolutely nobody. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it, again, yeah. the cruelty is the point. It was yeah. it was all of it was yeah. anything that's been done by a Democratic administration in the last 30 years. Or anything that looks like it's trying to protect people. Yeah. There's that extra layer, like that yeah. weird-ass masculinity of, like, men don't protect, men dominate. You know, it's like that yeah, kind of like, Fuck you. Like even yeah. Cobra Commander knew better. Um yeah, Cobra Commander created a pretty good benefits program. That's a good point. Like they had they had recreational facilities. They all had masks. They all yeah, like dude. <laughs> like <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, so the scientists uh answers the emperor. Uh, and he says that the more that they consume the essence, the worse it is going to be for the crystal, making the crystal have to work harder to drain the es essence, and the faster the darkening will spread. The emperor rages that there is no darkness, which should sound familiar. Um, or there's no darkening, I apologize. Um, and then he insists that the scientists give him a number. At this point, the scientist says 50 gelflings per trine with absolutely zero evidence. He's just scared. So you mm -hmm. remember when Trump says, you know, we should be yeah. shooting bleach into our veins. Um, yeah. Now, I I, <laughs> I said that, and then I read the next line. Now, I could liken this to Trump saying they could bleach people's veins. Yeah. But that does happen after the series. This is so true. That's not fair. But it, um, but it does point to mm -hmm. the, the anti-intellectual, I don't give a shit about what, right. what all the facts say. You're an elitist prick. You know, yeah. attitude and, um, you know, the whole, the whole conversation mm -hmm. goes to, uh, you know, this, this whole darkening thing is just, it's a podling hoax, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, don't, don't tell me what, you know, uh, a big fizz gig, uh, wants to, wants me to believe, <laughs> Right, you know, don't believe Big Nurlock. Yeah, you no, know Big Nurlock is full of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who are you? You know, talking, talking from the mainstream. I can't think of another critter name. Media, like, right. but mainstream, like, mainstream, every media. Yeah, there you go. Typical. You know, that's yes. why I only listen to Gartham News. Oh, nice. Mm, thank you. But like the 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 whole attitude of if you don't tell me the answer i want to hear you're full of shit mm -hmm. and i'm just not going to believe it right you know is is so on brand so on brand and anything and anything that you know points in the direction of maybe we shouldn't like rape the planet yeah no, see, is, there you go back is, to being protective. I'm just going to brush that aside because, like, you know, what a what a fucking soy skis. Mm -hmm. Soy skis? Skeksoy? I don't know. Anyway. 
you know. Yeah. So Gee. eventually, the general of Skeksis starts draining Gurjan to torture him and get information about Rian. Remember Gurjan, run Rian, right, run, yeah. right? Holy shit. Gurjan, though, is pretty defiant and pretty much not breaking the whole time, uh, which is pretty cool. The emperor stops the process uh, largely because he says to the general, you need to go to Harar. Um, and now we cut to Harar and Bria has figured out the puzzle. The pile of stones activates into uh, lore who imprints on Bria. Um, and then Bria brings Celadon down to show her and immediately Celadon attacks the stone creature um, with her guards. She orders the paladins to attack him because it's Celadon and that could threaten her power. Uh, she sees Lore essentially as a dangerous development and his imprinting on her sister uh, as a thing that needs to be stopped. So you remember when Bernie started getting some steam ahead of him or behind him mm. and his idea of flattening the disparity between the haves and the have-nots and his effort toward taxing the rich and making the seven clans more equal? So, yeah. 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 The only, the so, only problem I have with that analogy is mm-hmm. you've described Celadon as being like all in with the fash. Yeah, I don't I don't see the problem because corporate Democrats immediately uh, all around him uh, started attacking him uh, as soon as he got some of the support from uh, from their kids uh, mm. because it was Hillary's right. turn. Now, again, I think that she was a very competent person. I think she's the most qualified person to ever do the job yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to not get it. That said, the reaction of the mainstream Democratic machine uh, was to Error. to squash him. Okay. All right. So. So, all right. Uh, in this case, motivated less by her loyalty to the Skeksis than preservation of her own power and getting her turn. Yes. Oh, okay. very much. Because she is next in line. Okay. For fair. the Almadra. Okay, fair. She's been playing by the rules. And the rules are. Da, 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 and she's loyal yeah. to the rules because that's okay. how we have order. Otherwise, you're going to have anarchy. Right. Right. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, cool. Rian meets yeah. with a bunch of people who want to kill him. Uh, and like, Gurjan's sister is one of them. Um, and uh, a few other people are with her. And then a few others want to kill him. And then his dad pops in. Um well, and and he convinces them. He's like, "Look, just dream fast with me. If if you don't like it, you can kill me after." And Gurjan's sister, whose name I want to say is Naya, um, she is bent on revenge against Rian because she's heard that he's killed uh, Mira and Gurjan. Okay, like the the story has grown, right? So she's like, "If I go mad, I'm going to kill you first. And he said, "That's totally fair. Just dream fast with me." Um. So they're all dream fasting. There's like six of them. And suddenly uh, his dad shows up and puts his hand on the dream fasting. And now that I think this makes six. Mm-hmm. Um, now six Gelfling are dream fasting, which is really powerful. I guess it's an exponential thing um, like orgies. Uh, yeah. And uh, they see the truth of Rian's experience. And they finally believe him and he and his dad actually get to have a moment and everyone is stunned as fuck and crying because they saw Mira getting drained and they saw the entirety of the system that they have lived under for generations Mm -hmm. is built on consuming them. So 
then they act they they all agree that they need to act on this truth and set about a plan that's going to help naya gurgen's sister um who until she dream fast with ryan with rian is ready to kill him she goes with tavra who is bria's sister she's from the harar clan and they're they're hunting him down too um so you got two warrior women uh bria's you remember tavra is bria's older sister mm-hmm. but not celadon um they decide to go to the castle to rescue gurgen because they're both the fighters Orden and Rian have to get the fuck out of there because Orden knows that since he switched sides, the Skeksis are going to come uh, after him and his son, and they're going to come themselves. They're not going to send more Gelfling. Yeah. Um, and what's neat about this prequel is that we get to see the Skeksis who didn't show up in the movie. And we get to see mystics who didn't show up in the movie. For instance, in this episode, we finally meet a mystic named the Archer. Can you guess what he does? Okay. Um he has a Skeksis counterpart named the Hunter. Guess what he does? Uh, okay. And the Hunter is menacing as hell. And he nearly kills Orden with a thrown dagger. So Orden and Rian are running and suddenly, whoosh, twang, you know, there's the. Oh, wow. uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just looked up the Hunter, didn't you? I'm, I'm, I am right yeah. now. Um, and he almost kills Orden with the thrown dagger. And eventually th- there's a whole chase and a fight and there's some thunder and lightning. And there's like these, th- this, this quicksand like creature that, that devours people. Um, Rian's dad and the hunter both fall into that pit of the dying things. Um, Orden dies uh fighting alongside Rian and then he gets devoured and you know because the hunter's like you're coming with me you know and they they fall through and you're like oh shit the hunter died then the hunter jumps the fuck out and right as uh Rian was talking to Deet about like oh my god this is terrible the hunter jumps out of like the 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 murder berries mm-hmm. and and grabs Rian and just takes right off um and then the episode I think ends with Deet on his trail um, and that brings us to the fifth episode where uh, Rian is hanging upside down as the hunter is getting ready to kill him for his trophy because that's what the the hunter really wants. Um, yeah, and- I I I mm-hmm. found a Weta workshop figure, and um, menacing as fuck does not quite do him justice. Yeah. Holy crap! Okay. Oh yeah. Damn. Yep. So, uh, what do you call it? So Rian is hanging upside down. Uh, the hunter is is talking about like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my trophy from you, which is I yet I think it's his skull, by best okay. I can tell. Um, and then Chamberlain interrupts, and Chamberlain tells the hunter that uh, you need to stay your hand right now. And the hunter's like, Yo, this is like my trophy. This is what I do. And Chamberlain says, Well, I'm on my own hunt for power, and this is how I need that. When I'm done, then you can have your trophy. Um. And then Chamberlain like looks at Rian who's hanging upside down and he Chamberlain grabs Mira's essence from Rian. Um, Cause remember Rian was going to use that yeah. as proof, right? Yeah. And drinks it right in front of Rian and mocks his pain. Rian is hanging upside down, watching the last of the essence go into the Chamberlain. I, I genuinely didn't think the Chamberlain could be any worse than he yeah. was in the movie. Yeah. And and so much he worse. proved me wrong. Yeah. 
Wow. The cruelty is the point, right? Yeah, fuck. You remember when Trump mocked a disabled reporter, as we've discussed before? Oh, yeah. And then went on to mock the family, did mock a Gold Star family. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on to mock the victims of his own sexual assault. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, well, you know, she, you know, not, not basically saying she's not attractive enough for me to, right. you know, assault her. Like he also mocked Christine Blasey Ford, who went public about her sexual assault by his nominee for Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, he even asked and mocked answered questions. He said, quote, what neighborhood was I in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs or downstairs? Where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer and that's the only thing I remember. Like. He said that in front of a rally. Like, it's just incredible how presidential this man was. And do yeah, you remember when... like President President Edie fucking Amin. Oh, like, God. Which is That's... an insult to Edie Amin. I was going to say. Like, yeah. Because Amin actually he... served in the army. Yeah, he only ate people. Like... <laughs> right. And did not complain of bone spurs. Um, <laughs> he also mocked a 16-year-old girl who spoke at the UN because he was mad that she was Time's Person of the Year instead of him. Mm-hmm. Remember? He said, quote, so ridiculous. Greta must work on her anger management problem. Then go to a good old fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Greta, chill. That was his tweet. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I, I I remember. What's what's interesting is in all of the things that you've described coming out of the Skeksis, mm-hmm. the one way that the American right mm-hmm. has managed to outdo them. Mm-hmm is in straight-up emotional fragility. I think you see some of it with uh, the Collector and with the Gourmand and with okay. the... She's... I forget what she is. She's like basically wanna... an, anesthet- an, an aesthetician. Aesthetician? Yeah, she's a one of those. Okay. Um, But yeah, and I haven't really mentioned them, so... yeah. But you see them being like extra snowflakey of just like okay. being so hurt, being that... so pearl clutching, and yeah, yeah. But by and large, you're right. I mean, <laughs> at least the sketches are self actualized. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and when they're being passive aggressive, it's it's a ploy, right? Rather than just like lying it's to the psychological self preservation. Yeah. yeah. So. So meanwhile, the Gelfling are still slow to realize that there's an all-out war on them as it's being perpetrated onto them. Um, like destroying them for the Skeksis is is the goal uh, because it benefits yeah. the Skeksis. And the ones uh, that are most slow to realize this are still the ones that are in power, um, the the Madras uh, and and people like that. They rely on the relationship with the Skeksis, so it makes some sense, but. Jesus Christ, they're putting it on thick. So the general tells the all Madra, because he goes up to Harar, he says, I need the strongest seven Gelflings from you to act as aides. And I'm doing this to all of the clans, going around to all clans, getting the seven strongest. Now there's seven clans, and he needs seven Gelflings from each. What's that give you, number-wise? 49. Right, which is one shy of the 50 per trine that the scientists pretended that they needed. Uh, right. So wow. he says, I, yeah, I need your strongest seven because the Arathim are back and we need to fight them. Uh, you remember uh, the... Yeah, uh, there was, there yeah. was an Arathim in the first episode. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Uh, it's a kind of an internship. But when they get devoured without their village knowing, uh, because, you know, they, they died fighting the Arathim bravely. Now we need seven more to carry on this war. Like, it's it's very unending war kind of shit. Yeah. So, essentially, like, this is being a page to a Florida congressman, right? Huh. So Chamberlain talks to Rian the whole way. That is that is not wow. And yet it is it is verifiably true. Like you remember that that guy and and his defense was the age of consent is 16 in Washington, DC. So what I did wasn't bad. Yeah, I I do remember. I I wish I didn't. Yeah. Wish I didn't, but I do. So Chamberlain is uh, riding back in his, you know, torture carriage um, with with Rian. And he talks to him the whole way back. And this is where you hear his language, like really shifting. And he all the way back to the the Palace of the Crystal. He recasts what happened as Rian. um, He recasts it as you ran like a coward. Um, and, and it's okay that you ran like a coward because you were trying to save yourself and all beings want to save themselves. And, and, and that means Skeksis too. And Gelfling. See, there's fine people on both sides. And both sides are absolutely doing the exact same thing because grammatically they're similar, right? So the Skeksis want to survive. So they drink essence and the Gelfling want to survive. So they run from people with swords. That's, that's how it works. Um, in a later scene, uh, and I stitched some of these together, but in a later scene, Chamberlain says to Rian that a revolution would actually kill the Gelflings. And he says that uh, the Skeksis are immortal. So the choice is, do you want to be our pets or our enemies? Wow. Yeah. Talk and... about saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, well, he's in a position of power at this point, right? And yeah. Rian, ref- he refuses that choice, actually, which I'm like, go, oh, good. Um, and Chamberlain says, all Gelflings lose, or no, he never uses the plural. He says, all Gelfling lose, or a few Gelfling lose all. War is end. And then Rian fires back with, unless we win. Um, At which point, hey. Chamberlain pulls a gambit he he stops the the carriage and he says to ryan Rian, go ahead and run then right uh but he says if you run there's gonna be a deadly war and it's gonna kill all the gelfling and and Rian relents he 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 says you know i uh, he stays and chamberlain okay. muses says is difficult being voice of reason in such crazed world Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, much? Mm. Yeah, I immediately went to Stable Genius, but oh yeah. yeah, no, your yeah, your 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 analogy is much stronger. But <laughs> yeah. wow, yeah, we need to have at least one of us with a hand on the wheel because you know, and it's like, why you're turning everywhere he wants to? Yeah, yeah, like fuck you, mm-hmm. and the and the Garth that he wrote in on exactly. So Celadon and Bria argue a lot. You remember Celadon is the the mm-hmm. daughter of the Almadra and Bria yeah. is his her little sister and they argue a lot and the crux of the issue uh for all Gelflings is kind of held between these two. Celadon says that Bria is conspiring to end Skeksis' rule 
and they're and she's asking uh Bria what would happen to the Gelfling, what would happen to their mother, what would happen to their royalty if the Skeksis fell. So that's Celadin's argument. And it's the argument of maintaining the power structure as it is, even if it's harmful to the people, so long as the ones in charge can make nominal changes and appear to be helping. Or, as Bria wants, end the complicity and come what may. And Celadin absolutely thinks complicity is worth it to avoid revolution. And Bria calls out her older sister saying that it's much more about the crown for her than anything else. So even the good of the Gelfling that is the crown, or I'm sorry, even the good of the Gelfling is what the crown is supposed to protect, and Celadin is focused on the crown itself. Yeah. And when Bria comes to her mother about what's happening and what the Skeksis are doing, her mother, the fucking Almadra, won't listen to her. Procedure, you're always yeah. on about this shit, etc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's frankly more concerned about Bria's lack of obedience uh, because after all, Bria was supposed to be with the order of lesser service at this point. Um, And really what we're seeing here is it's, uh, I mean, you've got at best your centrist Democrats, your corporate Democrats being really mad at kids for being leftist because of the yeah. optics. Yeah. Um, It's a conflict between establishment leaders and the new generation, right? It's the, the yeah. comfort of known tradition. Even if you're getting your teeth kicked in, by mm-hmm. people who aren't paying attention to that known tradition, because you can at least point out, well, at least we followed the rules, versus facing the reality that's uncomfortable and forces folks to confront and name a conflict that is absolutely happening. Yeah, and I think there's also a level of uh, not just centrist Democrats, but the the classical liberal yes faction. Yeah, um, and I mean right now of course with the state of the world being what it is like we need all the classical liberals you know shouting and screaming about shit because you know fascists literally in the streets mm-hmm. but but in in 2016 the inability of the classical liberals to listen to those farther to the left of them mm-hmm. uh and and refrain from well you know you're a fucking teenager just watch your language like come on this is not the way to do this right you know um and and the uh, and for a brief period of time i was one of these people we we don't silence speech we fight speech with other speech Mm -hmm. like yes yes in an ideal world true Mm -hmm. but they're advocating for violence directly right like no (laughs) like yeah um the the inability of either side in that debate but i think the 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 onus is more on the ones in positions of responsibility uh to to unify Mm -hmm. and say okay no look we can disagree on this but these people are literally these 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 creatures are literally eating the planet to to go, you know, back into the dark crystal right. you know, right. version of it. They're literally eating the planet. And by the way, we're the planet here. Yeah. They're 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 vampires. They are yeah. they're a, a form of literal fucking vampire. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we we need we need to figure out how to get some sunlight up in here. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah. It reminds me of the tone policing that happened in 2018 of people who wanted to keep talking about what had happened in Charlottesville. And yeah. the tone policing, even at that time of like, well, if they hadn't gone after that uh, monument, it's like that monument was legally being taken down. The Unite the Right assholes were the ones that were going against yeah. what the people of the city's representatives wanted. Yeah. The Democratic yeah. the, the, the democratic process, small right. d, had, had literally led to the dismantlement of that monument because right. everybody in the community was like, yeah, no, it's time for this thing to come down. But then the Unite the Right assholes the came United... with their Jews will not replace this shit and then ran over people and shot into crowds. And everybody's like, man, those leftists are just so violent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just like. Like, am I the one take crazy right. pills? What? Who? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Literally, literally. Uh, marching down the streets, yeah, as as foreign invaders, right? And, and like, oh, you're and, overblown. Oh, well, you know, it's you're like overblown. tiki torch as much. Like, right. I I know we all got a big kick out of making fun of those guys marching in you know polo shirts and chinos carrying you know dollar store fucking tiki torches. Like, yes, I I was one of those people who who pointed and laughed, but. At the same time, there's a genuine threat to be clocked there. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's not the locals, assholes. Yeah, and so. by clocked, I'm 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 down for all the definitions of that word. So, yes, yes, multiple but. definitions at once. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Punch. So Celadon doubles down and tries to get the Almadra to not even listen to lore, even though Bria is begging her to. Like, yes, I know I broke the law. We can deal with that later. Please come listen to this rock monster that lives under your fucking throne, mom. Yeah. And and the Almadra is like, you broke the rules. I don't need to listen to you. And da, da, da. It's, it's that kind of shit. Luckily, she has a relationship with Bria and the Almadra still does trust her. And so she does go down and listen to Lore. And Lore has this cool thing that he does where like he pulls out like his finger which is you know needle shaped and he goes on to his wrist which is got grooves on it and it plays he's a phonograph um oh, that, okay it, that's pretty cool it's rad um and uh all madra was completely unaware that the uh the throne had lore below it like that there was a room below the throne at all she had no idea which fair um so while the general and the ceremony master are inspecting the seven strongest who are in, uh, you know, the, the Vapra uh, throne room, right? Because remember, that was the whole point was we're here for your seven strongest um, whom they plan to drain, uh, but are claiming that are for the coming war against the Arathim. Mm. Celadon is present there. And she has continually felt the sting of her mom's hard love for her. And she's definitely internalized it in the wrong way and the, the wrong messages. And her mom has been shitty to her. So she's sitting in the royal chamber. Meanwhile, Celad- or meanwhile, Almadra and Bria are down in the in the thing. Celadon's sitting in the royal chamber and Deet arrives. Deet, who was too dirty for the stone and the wood folk. And now she arrives 
And since she's not Vaprin, Celadon's idea of her own superiority to such a person uh, is multiple levels um, leads her to not really listening to Deet until Deet mentions a blight, which the Vaprins have countenanced and have had experience with because you remember the farmer family. Mm -hmm. Celadon sees this as an opportunity of like, I'm going to have the I'm the only one who's going to have this knowledge. So I'll be able to grab some power with it. And she tells Deet to tell her everything, uh, even though she doesn't trust the Groton. So, meanwhile, the Almadra is downstairs, you know, in a secret mm -hmm. alcove. Yeah. Um, and she starts to believe and listen to Brea, and they they dream fast. And Celadon uh, dream fast with Deet to find everything out. And everyone at the camp where Gurjan and Naya and Kylan are, because they've they've rescued Gurjan. Um, and Kylan is a swamp-based seer and singer of songs who was accompanying uh, Naya. Um, and Ryan, they're all, or Rian, and they're all resting from rescuing uh, Rian from Chamberlain because mm -hmm. they they break up the, uh, they actually destroy the uh, the the carriage to, to rescue oh, okay. Rian. Nice. It's pretty cool. So they are all dream fasting. And so all eight of these Gelfling are dream fasting. And when they do, they end up in a shared vision in the chamber of the crystal with Augra sitting there. And Augra tells them all about the role that they have to play in fighting the Skeksis. Celadon is a part of this. And Celadon absolutely objects immediately and stands against everyone, despite the overwhelming evidence. Because she uh, she sees... Um, she sees, you know, she sees what's happening and she's like, no, no, the Skeksis are our lords. So Agra like pushes her out of the vision straight up, like boots her from the dream fast, which really sucks because that was before they then showed everybody the thing about the draining. Mm. Like if you kept her for like three extra minutes, Agra, but um, <laughs> Celadon yeah. clearly wanted to run and tell the Skeksis anyway. So in the in the uh, dream fast, Augra tells everyone the truth about what's happening and shows everyone the experiences of everyone else, and everyone sees that Thra is hurting and Thra is calling them uh, a place to stop the Skeksis. And now everybody is more certain of their mission, and they make plans to get everyone together for the next steps, including Naya and Kylan, who Augra tells them he she straight up says, "Light the fires of resistance." Yeah, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this all came out in August of 2019. Star Wars came out in December of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, now, the the that was the final of the prequel, though. The other one came out uh, a year before this, right? Uh, yeah. Or two years before this, where he's talking about being the spark that lights the fire. Yes. So, borrowing a lot. Now, the Almadra promises that the Vapor clan will now stand against the Skeksis. All right, cool. We've got the leadership on board. Uh, but meanwhile, Celadon goes and spills everything about the traitors um, to the Skeksis. To the general. Exactly. And since all of them are dream fasting, she's the only one that's out and about. Uh, this leads to a power struggle over the custodianship of Deet and Hup. Uh, the paladins of the Vapor have been holding them prisoner uh, and because plot and shitty royal court stuff. The Almadra frees them once uh, she ends the dream fasting and then she walks in on Celadon 
conversing with the general and the ceremony master of the Skeksis. And the Almadra makes her stand. She says, you know, this this is not going to happen. And it's a really cool speech. Uh, and the general says to her, like, oh, you've been Almadra because we let you be Almadra. And she says that she knows they're draining the Gelflings for their essence. She calls, she confronts him, and she gives a really good, futile, defiant speech, ending each part with the phrase, no more. So we're not going to bend her neck and bow to allow the Skeksis to drain the Gelfling anymore. Uh, the general responds and says, well, then you are no more. And he stabs her to death in front of her own daughter. And Celadon helps clean up the bloodstains and licks his shoes. Pretty much. She blames Bria yeah. for her mother's death immediately, rather than deal with the consequences of her own complicity. And the Skeksis reminds Celadon <clears throat> that she herself had said that her mother was a traitor and that she's loyal. So Celadon orders the paladins to take Bria and Deet and Hup away when they come in, saying to Bria, you're no sister of mine. And she lets the Skeksis take the troublemakers away instead and thanks them for it. And then they say, you're welcome, all Madra. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of meat on the bone here. So you basically have the establishment Democrats and the progressive centrist Democrats who are not leftists um, arguing on how best to deal with the monster that is the Skeksis Tea Party MAGA Trump Republican Party that's actively in power. One says we need to meet in the middle with the group that's actively promising to devour the members of the other group and eventually all of them. The other says, well, they should be resisted, not allowed to do this. And then there's a fucking argument because the elder Dems are still playing according to the old rules while the Republicans are rewriting them as they please. I mean, we could take a look at how RGB's death meant another justice was going to be pushed through for Trump and his cronies, despite mm. their promising that the denial of Merrick Garland was a meritorious delay. But that yeah. happens, like I said, well after yeah. the series aired. So while it is an interesting parallel, Worthy well, of pointing uh, out that the truth exists exists in fiction. It did not pay the rent on this particular case. Well, okay, I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quibble with you on that. All right, I think the the mindset and the tactics and everything that the Republicans had done prior to that, because mm. there there were so many other occasions on which it was well known. Uh, we we as the you know Republican majority in the Senate or the Republican minority in the Senate who are going to threaten to filibuster whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm -hmm. Either way, they'd say, well, you know, the rule is this thing. And then when they had the power to ignore the rule, they'd be like, well, no, it's not. That's never been a rule. What are you talking about? You know, we 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 make the you know, we're, we're the ones in power. We make the rules. Mm -hmm. And and that's been like you've pointed out any number of times that that's been their playbook long before rgb long yes. before any of that other shit yes um you know that the, that's that's just that has been you know play number 15 mm -hmm. in their you know top 20 favorite things to fucking do legislatively yep you know and so i i think you know when you say that doesn't pay the rent 
I mean, like as a direct reference to the situation with RGB, no, it doesn't pay the rent. Right. But it does pay the rent when you're talking about no, this this was their tactic generally. You know, I would agree. Um, I would agree. So yeah, I mean the, the conditions the conditions were there, and this is this is an allegory for the shit they pulled. And it's also an allegory for um the shifting of the Overton window mm-hmm. that well, you know, the extremists and the and the leftists and the commies are are saying all this stuff. You know, you you don't you don't want to wind up having a communist revolution, do you? You want to have, you know, we we can't we can't have anarchists running things. Oh my god. Right. Scary terrifying Antifa. Like, okay. <laughs> the the reason we have scary terrifying Antifa on the streets is because there are open fucking Nazis. Mm-hmm. Like they Antifa would be perfectly have is one of my favorite quotes about Antifa. Like if there weren't Nazis on the streets, literally every operative, whatever you want to call them, within Antifa would be totally happy staying home, getting stoned, and like eating cheesy bread. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what they would be doing. Like you know, um, they 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 might be busy arguing with each other over Marxist philosophy. They might be busy, you know. They they might they would be activists. Certainly, many of them. But like they're not going to be out in the streets marching to like punish mainstream regular, you know, uh, suburban Republicans. They're out there to beat up fascists. Right. If you don't have fascists on the street, you're not going to have to worry about Antifa. Right. But but the myth is, oh, my God, look at the scary leftist anarchist you know, masks over their face, you know, people. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. Of course, the reason they have the mask over their face, I mean, that's, that's what's called black block. That's from yeah. Portland. And it's because the police were using all kinds of facial recognition software mm-hmm. to then haul people in extrajudiciously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, okay. So RGB, I still don't think pays the rent, but I do think a uh, different Supreme Court justice may be illustrative. Brett Kavanaugh had a history of being both a cockstain of a human being and an avatar <laughs> of what white privilege and family privilege can do for your career. Don't sugarcoat it, man. <laughs> Kavanaugh <laughs> argued in front of the Supreme Court as a lawyer working for Ken Starr's firm. Um Fuck. Asking the Supreme Court to disregard attorney-client privilege. I'm 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 sorry. Sphincter says what? Yep. When he was later a circuit judge on the D.C. Circuit, he wrote the majority opinion for In Re Kellogg Brown and Root. So, you know, K, KBR mm-hmm. um, Inc. Stating the importance of attorney-client privilege. Okay, now as somebody with some legal training, mm. I am not a lawyer, <clears throat> but I went to school to become a paralegal. That's a thing lawyers fucking do. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on who your client is, depending on what case it is, you have to zealously argue. Yes, as lawyers, yes. As a fucking judge. Yeah, right. Okay. On the circuit, a circuit judge. 
And in one of his final opinions, before going up for the Supreme Court, Kavanaugh solidified his support of attorney-client privilege in FTC versus Boehringer Ingleham Farms Incorporated. Um, at the very least, he's shown a tendency towards supporting corporations when it came yeah. to attorney-client privilege. Well, yeah. At worst, he's a hypocrite uh. who was just the guy to step in for Justice Kennedy, who a man whose son did a lot of work with Trump's people overseas via Deutsche Bank. Mm-hmm. But there's... There's more going on here than just the Skeksis changing the rules when they're in charge as it pleases them. They've been in there for a thousand trying. And then the Gelfling loyalist justifying that loyalty due to the shelving of her own moral duties because of the oaths and the rules that were taken. Mm-hmm. What's going on here is that the mother of Thra, Lady Democracy, Agra, speaks to the eight disparate parties within a larger coalition who are the most connected to Thra, democracy itself. One immediately dips out the establishment and traditionist Celadon. Even her own mother, who was slow to turn, is now on the side of fighting the Skeksis. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, there I am. Uh, Especially now that she's seeing uh, their actual plan to devour everyone. So Almadra doesn't have to be Nancy Pelosi, but it's a pretty good stand-in, right? Quote, we can work with them because that's what this system has always been, and I have a lot of faith in my own ability to win. Turns very quickly into, quote, we need to get these assholes out of power because they're bad for the whole system pretty quickly. Mm. And aside from apologizing to Bria, Almadra didn't really atone for her complicity in the system that she's clearly saw oppressing others. You might remember that pendant from the farmer's mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. And then her wearing it later as a gift from the Skeksis. And then she dies. So it's not a one-to-one comparison, but it's a pretty solid cutout for a fantasy world with vulture monsters draining life essence via crystal from weird puppet people. Um, And the others have different jobs to do as well. Uh, Some coalition up, right? Rion, the fighter who saw it all happen, is now going to the Capitol to meet with the intellectual and the environmentalist. And they'll form the progressive party aimed at actually stopping the Skeksis. Notice I said stopping, not eradicating, banishing, exiling, punishing, or bringing to justice, just stopping Mm. them where they are, which means this far, no farther, but it also means this far. Naya and Kylan are going to go light the fire of resistance. They're activists spreading the message and awareness through feminist action and song. Naya is a strong fighter and a woman, and Kylan is a seer and a singer of songs. Lore, the ancient record of what was, so literally the Constitution, will be Brea's guide, and she and Rian and Deet go to the Circle of the Suns to find the key to ending Skeksis' power. So get elected or lobby elected officials. Story-wise, the Circle of Suns is fascinating. It leads to my favorite scene in the whole series in the next episode or so. And Celadon. All her loyalty to the process, all her accepted self-imposed overlords who have legitimized her access to power and all her need for that power to continue to find a meaning. It enables her to ignore their actual murder of her mom right in front of her. And it allows her to blame her sister who's agitating for change as the reason for the murder, endangering her own power. And in history, how many times have we seen the centrist desire to stay centrist despite the shift to authoritarianism? How many times mm-hmm. have we discussed mm-hmm. Von Poppen, Schumer, Graham, cinema, and so on? 
Celadon is the puppet cutout for all of this. Okay. And what's wild is that in episode six, Celadon thinks that she's actually all Madra and sits on the throne. And just as she does, Lore smashes through the throne and knocks her the hell out, destroys the old monument to her and her predecessor's authority, which was built on forgotten chamber of his wisdom. And I love the visual of the embodiment of the Constitution, essentially smashing the symbol of power that they forgot what it was built on. He then mm. just stares down on her, which feels like an anthropomorphized rock stare of judgment, and then he just moves on. Nice. Yeah. Now, as... Uh... Actually, I think I'm going to stop us there. I think that's a good place to stop. Okay. So, any gleaning? Um... I, I continue to be impressed that in the almost 2020s, mm-hmm. anybody would be ballsy enough to write uh, science fiction fantasy in the vein of, no, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm black on the left side of my face and white <laughs> on the right. Right. And he is black on the right side and white on the left. Like <laughs> some yeah. anvils need to be dropped. Right. And we we as a as a society, as science fiction fandom, as nerds, as whatever you want to say, um have have gotten to a place where we look at those those old Star Trek episodes and we're like, oh my god, how corny could you be? You know. Yeah. Or or um the Twilight Zone. Uh, you know, people people have been calling in saying that the darkness seems particularly pronounced in Georgia and Alabama. Right. You know, <laughs> like we get it. <laughs> we we understand this is an analogy. You don't need to hit us over the over the head with a hammer. Yeah. But you know, I think what what occurs to me thinking about that is in situations where the issue in the real world is that fucking obvious mm-hmm. and and that critical, then, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be so quick to, you know, point and feel smug about, oh, well, that's just that's that's so terribly on the nose. Yes, it's on the nose because otherwise you're going to find a way to fucking ignore it. Right. You know, I mean, Celadon literally saw her mom murdered by the Skeksis right in front of her. Yeah. And she's finding ways around that. Yeah. Seconds after it happens. Yeah. And, and in the real world, um, centrists were finding ways to make excuses for tear gas grenades mm-hmm. being flung at people on the board and rubber bullets being shot at people on the border and children being incarcerated you know and 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 well, in fairness know, those up. people on the border were guilty of a misdemeanor so you know yeah equivalent to public drunkenness assholes right and, and like that's... no i'm sorry i'm sorry no 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 stop 
when your uncle uh you know has too many uh martinis at the fucking country club he should and, also get non-lethal uh, rounds fired directly at he his eye. He should well yeah. like I mean, you know, if you're going to argue question. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe I'm not going to disagree with you on that point now. <laughs> but like no. <laughs> That's right. that's not how the system actually works. And you are explicitly stating that, well, okay, there's one set of rules for this misdemeanor, but this other misdemeanor, which is racial, should be treated differently. Because I'm 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 a wasp and you know, like right. I shouldn't I shouldn't have to worry about that shit. Like no motherfucker, nobody should have to worry about that shit. Yeah. I want to believe like like I am I am a conservative i believe in tradition i believe in preserving what we need to preserve what you're advocating is not is not conservatism what you're advocating is racism and white supremacy that's an entirely different set of shit yes and like if we don't make this as painfully obvious and uncomfortable for you as we can you're going to find a way to rationalize it just like you've rationalized all the rest of this shit. Yep. And, you know, like it, it was living through this particular period in history to the extent that I have up to this point has, has been frustrating for me mm-hmm. as a cishet white guy who really like I could pass and I know that I have all this privilege that like I I don't have to like it's not my neck on the line. Oh yeah. If you just keep and, your head down and just go about your business. Like whatever. Yeah. You but, you will suffer none uh, yeah. in in your lifetime. Yeah, and I and I know and I know that. And I know mm-hmm. that when I talk about how frustrating this is for me, I am speaking from a place of incredible privilege. Mm-hmm that it's just frustrating for me. Um, But like I was raised to believe in an idea of absolute right and wrong. Right. And that right and wrong is based on ethical and moral principles that apply to fucking everybody. Mm -hmm. And when you say that you are a country of laws, not men. And when you say that the law treats everybody equally, then motherfucker, we got to work to make that be the way things are. Yep. Like, and, and it is infuriating to me to watch so many people do exactly the kind of thing that Celadon did to a, to a lesser, it's not as extreme as watching your own mother murdered in front of you. And no, well, I mean, it. you've got to get it across using. Puppets, yeah. Well, yeah. So. And that's, that's, that's the point I was making earlier, but like watching that happen in real life with so many people who were like, well, you know, I don't, I don't really believe one way or the other, you know, uh, both sides are extreme. It's like, no, there's only one side that's trying to do this shit. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's, it's intensely, uh, it, the amount of time, the amount of time and energy that you spend just living in a rage state over mm-hmm. it is exhausting yeah and we need frankly we need more media that forces those those people who are in that position and who are trying so hard to be that person for to to make them uncomfortable so they actually have to turn around and think about shit Mm -hmm. 
I think we, we need more things like this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't disagree. Shouldn't be in a hurry to get all smug about, well, you know, dropping anvils. Yes, some anvils need to be dropped. Fuck you. Yeah. So there we go. I ranted a lot there, but you did. Yeah. So, all right. So what are you reading? Um, What am I? Re- well, I'm not going to talk about what I'm reading because what I'm reading consists of a lot of student work. Okay. I'm trying to so what do you recommend? Grammar, read? A five paragraph essay. Um, I'm going to very strongly recommend again um, the Marvel uh, original Dark Crystal movie adaptation. And I'm also going to recommend because as we were talking about this while you were talking about all the different you know factions and everything, um, it looks to me like the sequel uh, comics and the adaptation comics for this series look pretty freaking good yeah um and so i'm going to very highly recommend those because i'm going to be seeking them out Mm. uh so i recommend everybody else do the same so maybe we can get more dark crystal media yeah so what about you uh i'm going to recommend uh police brutality and white supremacy the fight against american traditions by eaton thomas um he also okay. had written We Matter, Athletes and Activism, which I really liked. Uh, he used to be the center for the Washington Wizards. Um, and he is a poet and a mm. scholar. Um, and he's a really good interviewer. So that's what I'm going to recommend for folks. Police brutality and right. white supremacy. So where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, if you want to find me, uh, I can be found on TikTok at Mr. Underscore Blaylock. And until Twitter uh, dies in a ball of blue flame and, and exploding feathers, uh, you can find me there as uh, Cat Fetcher. And you can also find us there as a collective entity as Geek History Time. Uh, our website, of course, is www.geekhistorytime.com. And you have found us on one of the uh, podcast services we're on or on our website. Could be there, too. Um, wherever you did find us, please take the time to subscribe and give us the five-star review that you know we have earned. And uh, what about you? Well, you could find me at, uh, let's see, Luna's on January 6th um, in Sacramento. Bring $10 in proof of vaccination. Or at Henry's uh, in Sacramento on February 2nd. Uh, bring ten dollars and uh, proof of vaccination. Um, so those are mostly the places you can find me. If you want to send me cool stuff, then uh, do so via at Duh Harmony, both on Twitter and Instagram, or Duh Harmony One on TikTok. So cool. Well, for right. a geek of history of time, I'm Damien Harmony, and I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling twenties.